Greetings, Ecclesia. We enter together into the season of Lent. It became the custom of the early church to prepare for the days remembering our Lord's passion and resurrection on Easter Sunday by observing a season of confession, repentance, and fasting. A time for honest searching. A time to turn from our places of rebellion and into reconciled relationship and a time to deny ourselves that which has stolen our focus and our energies from our right devotion to the one true and living God. Forty days representing those that Jesus spent in the desert preparing for his ministry. So we invite you all to join us together as a family in this observance through self-examination, rhythms of prayer, intentional fasting, and by a renewed emphasis on reading and meditating on God's holy word. This is a journey of slowing down and stripping away the excess of our lives. God may be calling you to set aside in this season a particular vice or vices in your life, the things that have taken an unhealthy power and hold on your heart, your body, and your time. As Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Ask yourself, what do I truly treasure? What occupies my day? Where does my mind naturally wander? Perhaps this is a season to change your priorities. You may also consider the addition of specific daily practices in place of what is given up. Time for prayer, time for relationship and healing. However this season will look for you, this is our search individually and collectively for clarity and direction. We acknowledge together that while we worship a God of great abundance, we often allow earthly abundance and consumption to become our default. This is our chance to explore the state of our own hearts and seek to identify and remove that which keeps us from fully participating in God's mission and reconciling work. Join us in these 40 days. Join us in rhythms of contemplation as we consider life in the desert, the silence that opens our ears to God's whisper of truth, the solitude in which we find God's company, the stillness to receive God's love. The desert is the place where life begins. Enter into the wilderness. Do not begin without a blessing. Do not leave without hearing who you are. Beloved, named by the one who has traveled this path before you. Do not go without letting it echo in your ears. And if you find it is hard to let it into your heart, do not despair. That is what this journey is for. I cannot promise this blessing will free you from danger, from fear, from hunger or thirst, from the scorching sun or the fall of the night. But I can tell you that on this path there will be help. I can tell you that on this way there will be rest. I can tell you that you will know the strange graces that come to our aid only on a road such as this, that fly to meet us, 
bearing comfort and strength that come alongside us for no other cause than to lean themselves toward our ear and with their curious insistence whisper our name. Beloved. 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 Years ago I met my lover on the banks of the stormy Jordan. Years ago I met my lover. How I wish that we could meet again. Have I lost my faith in you? Are we all forgotten too? Don't you break my heart Don't you break my heart Again Don't you break my heart Don't you break my heart Don't you break my heart again I still believe forgiveness comes with love and God when it washes over me. If we've all forgotten you, are we all forgotten too? Don't you break my heart. Don't you break my heart again Don't you break my heart Don't you break my heart And don't you break my heart again So what are you So what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? The Spirit then led Jesus into the desert to be tempted by the devil. Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. After this fast, he was, as you can imagine, hungry. But he was also curiously stronger when the tempter came to Jesus. The devil said, If you are the Son of God, Tell these stones to become bread. Jesus responded by quoting Deuteronomy. It is written, Man does not live by bread alone. Rather, he lives on every word that comes from the mouth of the Eternal One. Then the devil took Jesus to the holy city, Jerusalem, 
and he had Jesus stand at the very highest point in the holy temple. If you are the Son of God, jump, and then we will see if you fulfill the scripture that says he will command his heavenly messengers concerning you, and the messengers will buoy you in their hands so that you will not crash or fall or even graze your foot on a stone. Jesus replied, That is not the only thing scripture says. It also says, Do not put the Eternal One, your God, to the test. And still the devil subjected Jesus to a third test. He took Jesus to the top of a very high mountain, and he showed Jesus all the kingdoms of the world in all of their splendor and glory, their power and pomp. If you bow down and worship me, I will give you all these kingdoms. Get away from me, Satan. I will not serve you. I will instead follow scripture, which tells us to worship the Eternal One, your God, and serve only him. Then the devil left Jesus, and heavenly messengers came and ministered to him. We hear this familiar story, and it's easy to assume that because Jesus was the Son of God, maybe he wasn't truly tempted by these three tests. The Apostle Paul assures the church that Jesus is not some high priest who has no sympathy for our weaknesses and flaws. He tells us that Jesus was tested in every way that we are tested, but that he emerged victorious without failing God. Dutch theologian Henry Nouwen suggests that these three temptations are a direct test of Jesus' identity and of ours. He goes on to suggest that all of us tend to place our sense of identity in three lies that we tell ourselves. I am what I have, I am what I do, and I am what other people say or think of me. Each time the tempter tests Jesus, he raises the stakes. The story reaches its peak when Satan offers Jesus, the Son of Man, rule and reign over all the kingdoms of the world, if only he will bow down. After all, what's a ruler without territory? What's a leader with no followers? What's a king without a kingdom? Who are you without the things you have? Really, who are you? If you lose your possessions, your position, your financial security, then who are you? Are you anyone at all? Questions like these can gnaw at our sense of well-being. So instead, we prefer to keep ourselves preoccupied, fending for ourselves, hustling for the things we need. Take a moment and consider the things you have in your life. Think about your most significant friendships, your family. Think about your work, your career, your sphere of influence. Think about the last meal you ate, the place you slept last night. Think about your education, your finances, your home, your assets, 
Do you see these things as gifts or as possessions? Are they yours to receive and enjoy or to hang on to for the fear of scarcity? A journey into the desert reveals this truth deep inside our hearts. We are so much more than what we have. Most of what we miss, most of what slides by us in life is our desperate hope for change rather than transformation. Change and transformation are neutral. They can be either good or bad. But Lent reminds us that we tried to change already. We tried on January 1st when we promised ourselves we would eat better, exercise, maybe save some more money or watch our tempers or our mouths, read more books, watch less cable news. How's that working? Change is often about adding something, a new action, a new attitude, a new app. Transformation is different. Transformation is about letting go. As we enter into the desert with Jesus this Lent, we embrace barrenness, not only of the land, but of all of our attempts to build our kingdoms on shifting sands. Deserts are difficult. When we talk about God in public, or in the media, we often talk about God either doing something big and demonstrable or complain that God should do something big and demonstrable. Going deeper with God then comes to mean watching for God to add. But that's not always the way God works. In fact, before God is able to accomplish much of anything in the life of Jesus, the Lord must walk through the desert. He must be stripped. And Jesus finds in the desert the same thing we'll find. Silence. No disciples, no crowds, no temple teachings, no sick souls searching for a savior, not even family, just silence. In the morning, in the night, silence. In the desert, we are forced to let go of noise. The noise of traffic, kids, Netflix, bills, and yes, even podcasts so we can hear what Jesus hears in the desert. God. Like Elijah, modern day people keep looking for God in the wind, the earthquake, and the fire when the entire time God's voice was in the ever-present breeze. God comes still and small. All the things we fiercely avoid. Silence is a practice of abstinence of letting go. Solitude and silence make space, space in our souls and space in our lives. For God to do a deep work inside us and through us in our relationships with others. The normal way to practice silence is to get alone with God, to be quiet in a quiet place for some hours or even days. Perhaps you take a walk on a nature trail or sit beside a lake or a creek or a quiet spot in a park or your backyard may work well. Even a secluded chair inside your house may work as long as you let go of the noise. The point of silence is to hear what our ears have become deaf to. In silence, we learn to stop talking, stop shouting, stop ignoring, stop entertaining ourselves, stop obsessing to stop hiding behind the seduction and distraction of noise. Silence allows us to be our naked self before God and to be found. 
It's in that nakedness that we both confess the places we have failed to be the people we aspired to be. In silence, we confess all that noise has shielded us from hearing. Silence is the doorway to confession. And in that room, we find God's absolution. We find forgiveness. So allow me to invite you to come to the quiet. Over the next three minutes, embrace silence. It won't be total, but it'll be enough. The silence won't last forever. It's just a few moments to let go. Don't worry. Your device is still working. Anything broken will find a path to healing in the silence. Listen for the voice of God in the breeze. Come to the quiet.
Lord God, guide us into the desert to feel the pangs of hunger and the thirst of the barren places, that we would seek nourishment in you alone. Steer our eyes from the mirages of false relief. In the silence and in the solitude, grant us stillness, that we may see what you have brought us here to face. Grant us courage and trust. Help us to not turn back in fear, for your path always lies through the unknown. With your help, we may emerge curiously stronger to face the tempter once again and to joyously stand opposed. What needs to die, may it be buried. The new life would sprout in hope. The desert is the place where life begins. May these 40 days reveal a tiny seedling pushing through unexpected fertile ground. Help us to protect and nurture it. In hunger, in thirst, grant us strength and resolve. May your streams of living water be the oasis that sustains the journey ahead. In gratitude and abiding trust, we follow you as pilgrims towards the cross. Be with us. Help us to be with you. We pray together as a family in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.